The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of Lexington Community Radio or its board of directors. The views expressed are solely those of the programmers. You are listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks coming at you live from Lexington, Kentucky. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for tuning in to WLXU 93.9 FM. In addition to listening to us on the radio, you can check out our Facebook live stream at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks, or you can download the Radio Lex app on your smartphone device to listen to us anywhere in the entire world. You can also stream the show live on the website at radiolex.us. Amber Turner and I are both broadcasting from the Deborah Hensley Studios here at Radio Lex on North Limestone. It is March the 2nd, 2023. Amber, it is my favorite time of year Mm -hmm. because it's basketball season. I know. This is your time. Basketball season is in full swing. I I love that. This is, some people say this is like Christmas time. Oh, Lord. So I do, (laughs) I do love March. March is great. Amber, it's March the 2nd. Did you know there is a famous birthday today? Oh. Dr. Seuss. Hey. Dr. Seuss. Did you ever read Dr. Seuss? Of course I did. Dr. Seuss books. His full name. He was, do you, let me ask you. Yeah. What's Dr. Seuss? his first name doctor yeah <laughs> theodore okay would be his first name theodore seuss geisel was his full name yeah. theodore seuss geisel born on march the 2nd 1904 and died on september the 24th 1991 that's a long time if he was alive today you want to take a wild stab in the dark on how old he would be 120 he would be like 117 years old he was 87 when he died. Yeah. That's a that's, that's a long life. That's a good that's a good life. He wrote the classics that we all grew up uh, reading. Horton Hears a Who, mm-hmm. The Cat in the Hat, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Green Eggs and Ham, One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish. <laughs> <laughs> the the the, the Sneeches and other stories, the Lorax, the Butter Battle book. Oh, the places you'll go. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite Dr. Seuss book? Oh, my gosh. Hop on Pop. Hop on Pop. Hop on Pop. And to think I saw it on Mulberry Street and Fox and Socks. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love Dr. Seuss. Uh, Dr. Seuss was a great author and one of the most, maybe the most recognizable authors. Oh, absolutely. I think of all time. Well, I think when, I think definitely for our generation. I, I feel like today kids get to enjoy it, but not. As much as we did. Well, do you remember last year or a couple of years ago, there was rumors that they were trying to cancel Dr. Seuss. Yeah, I do. Due to some of his artwork Mm -hmm. from back in the day. But I don't think that that... Have anything come up with that? I think there were certain books that yeah. were banned. Well, I think they had revisions made to some of them. So maybe Doctor Seuss has a story, just like many iconic people like he, do, like him does himself does. He was an, an advertising illustrator. Okay. So a lot of his artwork he drew while working at an advertising firm, and he also was a political cartoonist. Oh my word! Which makes a lot of sense because if you look at Doctor Seuss's drawings, they look like political. 
political humor. They do, actually. It looks like something you would see. <laughs> it looks like something that you would see. In the back of the Sunday paper. Exactly. In the name of, or it, it was, so he, he did that, but he found success writing children's books. Mm-hmm. And by the 1950s, he had written over 50 children's books. There you go. Yes. And some of his legacies books were some of my favorite. Uh-huh. The Cat in the Hat. Green Eggs and Ham, I think, was my favorite. Oh, I, you know, I think anybody that grew up, especially during the time that we did, would be lying if they said that was not their favorite one. The Green Eggs and Ham? The Green Eggs and Ham. That or Cat in the Hat? Oh, I feel like Cat in the Hat was a little bit, the crowd a little younger than us because of the movie. I feel like the movie made that one really prominent. And also, another prominent Dr. Seuss project was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, yes. Which was adapted into a film in the 50s. Uh-huh. Did you know that the original Grinch, mm-hmm. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, that cartoon, the movie was a flop. Was it? When it was first released. Yes. That's a lie. But it went on to become such an iconic movie. Yeah. Interesting to know that... It started out as a flop. I still watch that every year for Christmas. Do you? Do you? you know I do. What's your favorite part of the movie? Uh, I think when he's talking about all the kids playing with the toys and you get to see them playing with all the crazy toys. But I love Dr. Seuss. He he kept children reading alive. Yes. I felt like that before Dr. Seuss, reading for kids was boring. Very. So he, he reminded, he, he allowed children reading to stay alive by writing children books that they used used to love to read. And you know why children, I think, used to love to read Dr. Seuss books? Why? Because they wasn't long. No, not he, at all. He didn't use a lot of words in his books. He had a lot of illustration. Yes. And the words that he did use were amazing. Yes. Like your favorite book, Hop Patrol. What was it? Hop on Pop. Hop on Pop. Can you quote anything from that book? The Hop on Pop. <laughs> that is literally the it, whole book. It, it sounds so Dr. Seussy. Uh-huh. Yes. And is is it and I love the fact that he kept children reading alive. It says here that the cat in the hat used 236 words. Okay. Yes. Wow. That's it. That's all it's all that it used. And he felt like that he you wanted to use words that were considered important for first graders to learn. I can get I can get down with that in this book. So that makes a lot of sense. He wrote for children. I feel like he catered more for the creative children that were more visual than they were, you know, just reading the words because the illustrations, he gave you a few words to know kind of what it was and he let your mind go wild. He also wrote adult books Did he? as well and was not he was not successful at it. Well, and he, he found his niche. <laughs> that would make me feel some kind of way if I could write for kids, but not my own peers. <laughs> Another reason I like Dr. Seuss is it takes us back to where it all started. Everybody's got a favorite Dr. Seuss book. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that everyone's first book from our generation, at least, is a Dr. Seuss book. Oh, uh, yes. I know for a fact my first book was Green Eggs and Ham. <laughs> that was my first one. It was either that or Cat in the Hat. Yeah. So I think that it takes people back full circle yes. to where it all started, to where your reading begins. Dr. Seuss reminds us where our love of reading stems from. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I love that about him. I think that that makes him just such a... Uh, 
a prolific author. Absolutely. It says here that he sold war bonds uh, when he was, listen here, when he was just a child as a scout. He was in the Boy Scouts. Oh. And he sold war bonds. And it says, as the story goes, he sold so many that he was honored by President Theodore Roosevelt. When the award ceremony took place, Roosevelt had only nine medals, leaving young Seuss without a medal. Teddy Roosevelt looked at him and asked, What's this boy doing here? And ever since then, Dr. Seuss suffered from stage fright. Oh, no. Because Dr. Seuss embarrassed, or because Theodore Roosevelt embarrassed him. Yeah. Think about that. You embarrassed Dr. Seuss. Well, he was a boy. But you never know who these kids will grow up to be. That's true. That's why it's so important to watch how you are around kids. Yeah, how you act, react to them, yes. Because you were talking, like, who is this boy? Embarrassed him. Yeah. Because as a kid, that would that was probably humiliating. And he ended up growing up to be one of the most iconic authors, more the most famous author of all time. Yeah. He had no idea <laughs> of that. No. So he never did much public speaking. Yeah. It says Dr. Seuss graduated from high school in 1921 and attended Dartmouth College. Okay. Where he joined a humor magazine called the Dartmouth Jack-O-Lantern. He would eventually become editor-in-chief of the publication, but when he was caught drinking, Mm. he was forced to resign. Well. So, folks... Just because you, and the reason he was forced to resign, it mm-hmm. seems a little harsh. But there, at the time, prohibition, there, it was the time. It was the time of prohibition. Yeah, and there was a zero tolerance policy back then. Well, plus he's drinking on the job. Yes, I'll be drinking on the. But job. that just goes to show you, folks. Even if you lose that one job that you waited your whole life to get, if you lose it, you can always bounce back. Yeah, write children's books like Doctor Seuss did. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as easy as it seems. <laughs> It says Dr. Seuss drew over 400 political cartoons during World War II for the New York Daily newspaper called PM. Oh. Yes. Here's some interesting facts about Dr. Seuss. Did you know that he wrote Green Eggs and Ham on a dare? Are you serious? It says here that Dr. Seuss was an advocate for children reading, but he never had any children himself. I think I knew that. That's wild. Yes. So... I love that because I hate it when people, for instance, will look at me and say, you don't know what you're talking about because you don't have no kids. You know, I can't give any advice because I'm not a parent. So they look at me like I fell off the back of a turnip truck. (laughs) So Dr. Seuss, who wrote, I'm talking, he sold millions Mm -hmm. of children's books all over the world to children, Mm -hmm. but never had a child of his own. Are you going to say he don't understand children? Well, just think all those people that said that to you, um, all their little chitlins were definitely reading Dr. Seuss. Another interesting fact about Dr. Seuss is he thought children's books were too boring. So for a while, he refused to write any. Oh, Yes. Well. Thank God that that went away. Yeah, it lasts. And like I said, he wrote he wrote for adults, but yeah. was, was not successful at it. Uh, if Dr. Seuss was alive today, I said he'd be 117. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. Yeah. He would be a whopping 119. Hey, I was close. <laughs> so, Dr. Seuss, would you say he's the most famous or most recognizable author of all time? Children's author, yes. I'm talking author. 
of all time. Who is more famous or more recognizable than Dr. Seuss that everybody universally will know? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Well, let's think of some famous authors. There's William Shakespeare. Okay. Now, he wrote some of the most iconic pieces of literature we've ever read. Mm -hmm. Romeo and Juliet, Uh Julius Caesar. And tons, tons more. There's Charles Dickens, uh-huh. who wrote things like A Christmas Carol, A Tale of Two Cities. There is one of my personal favorites, Stephen King. There we go. Who is known for not just horror, Mm-mm. but has wrote many, many things like The Green Mile. What else has he written besides uh, horror? Let's see. Uh, oh, my gosh. A lot of them do have horror aspects. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think those are the two big ones. What about E.B. White? E.B. White. <laughs> You don't know who that is? Uh, probably I do, but... He wrote Charlotte's Web. Okay. But that's the only one that I can think of. Yeah. R.L. Stein. There we go. Who a lot of people will recognize that name if you were a fan of teen horror. Yes. He he was big on targeting his books towards teen horror. Yes. Teen horror. J.K. Rowling. There we go. Who is known for her Harry Potter mm-hmm. books. Now, is the Harry Potter series the only thing that she has written? No, she's uh, doing some other things, and I think she actually just released a book under a, what is it, a pseudonym? I know I'm saying that wrong, under an, another name. Mm-hmm. So I know she's working on some other stuff. I think it's called a pen name. Well, there is, we go. Is what they call it. That's easier to say. A pen name. She wrote that idea of Harry Potter on a napkin mm-hmm. at Starbucks. Well. So... An idea. It's, it's, it's interesting to see how an idea transforms. My mom always was a fan of Nicholas Sparks. Yeah. He was known for his love stories. Uh-huh. But any famous authors that I'm that I'm living off, I'm sure there's... Oh, my gosh. You hit my big ones. R.L. Stein and Stephen King. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Flowers in the Attic. V.C. Andrews. There we go. V- yeah. V.C. She was, was more uh, into... Uh, teen drama, like, and she catered more to female teen drama. She wrote Flowers in the Attic, uh, Petals in the Wind, things like that. Wade on the show thread says Mark Twain. Yes. He also says on the show thread Jules Verne. Okay. Uh, Diego on the show thread says Fox in Socks is his personal favorite. Yes. So I've never read that one. Well, we'll have to find it. Yeah. Dr. Seuss books, is it's always a good gift, too. But happy birthday, happy 118th birthday to the doctor, Dr. Seuss. Speaking of doctors, ladies and gentlemen, we have a doctor coming on the program today. She will be here at the 4.30 mark of the show, so that will be the third segment. Dr. Melissa Carver will be joining us in studio, and I'm excited to talk to her. I met her back in my television days, co-hosting Midday Kentucky on ABC 36 at 12. 30, and I got a chance to meet with her, talk with her, and I'm excited to see her again. Yeah. It's been a couple of years, but I'm excited to bring her into the studio, bring her on to the Off the Cuff audience, and let them take a listen to Melissa Carver. I'm excited to meet her. So it's going to be a good show, ladies and gentlemen. So stick with us. We still have lots more Off the Cuff coming at you live after these words. We will be right back. everybody to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. 
Brooks and Dunn, unfortunately, are not together, but they have paired back up to do a final tour. Now, Brooks and Dunn, they had their final rodeo tour where they sang for the final time together as a group. But now they've reunited Amber and have set out on a final farewell tour, (laughs) and they will be stopping... In Lexington for that tour. Yeah. They will be coming to Rep Arena. <laughs> Are you excited? Well, is this one called the final tour again? Yeah, Don't you hate it or when people this... always say they're retiring and they, they come back 50 million times? Well, they always say it's a, fi- you know, here's our final tour. See us. And then they come back three more times. They'll be coming to Rep Arena on May the 11th. What's your favorite Brooks and Dunn song? Uh, my Maria. I like this one. Nothing about you. It don't do something. I like... I'm a hard-working man. I like Boot Scoot Boogie. Boogie. There we go. I like Red Dirt Road. Oh, that's a good one. I'm a big Brooks and Dunn fan. I might have to peep that concert. Yeah. A lot happening. A lot happening in Lexington. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, I mentioned at the top of the hour that it is March, which means it's that time again for Off the Cuff with Adam Banks presents the March Madness series where I do complete coverage of the March Madness basketball tournament with my March Madness crew. That will begin. The first episode will be on Selection Sunday and it will be posted to our podcast, but then we will be doing a radio special. March Madness Series Radio Special brought to you by Off the Cuff with Adam Banks. And that will be starting on March the 22nd. And that will be on Wednesdays going forward for the next three Wednesdays on March 22nd. It'd be March 22nd, March 29th, and April the 5th. And that will be at 8 p.m. right here on WLXU 93.9 FM. And I'm excited to do the March Madness Series. Again, it's always fun to talk basketball. I know, and especially with people that are not me. (laughs) But Amber, that's one of the many reasons that I do love March is basketball. But March is known for a lot of things other than basketball. Did you know that March is named for the Roman god? of wars mars well in the early roman calendar march was the first month of the calendar year ain't that wild as march brought the first day of spring with the vernal equinox it was the start of new beginnings hey i like that march became the third month when january and february was added to the roman calendar around 700 bce uh. so the big things coming up this month march 8th is international women's day hey march the 12th is the start of daylight savings time which begins at 2 a.m if your area observes it don't forget we're springing forward uh-huh. this this time. This is my favorite time. Oh, this is the best time. It is. You have you lose an hour of sleep, but you gain so much more with it. You gain an hour of happiness. That's you, the way I look at you it. You do. It doesn't start getting dark until like 9.30. Yeah. At, or it starts getting dark around 8.30 and then it's not pitch black until 9.30. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's the best time of the year. It completely changes your day. It does. It and change, your mood. And your lifestyle mm-hmm. for months. For months. Daylight savings time. March the 15th is called the Ides of March. Legend surrounds this ill-fated day. Beware the Ides of March. So it just says to be cautious on March the 15th. Yeah. 
March the 17th is St. Patty's Day. There we go. According to folklore, you got to wear green yeah. uh, to not get pinched. Yeah. Are you a fan of St. Patty's Day? I'm a fan of not getting pinched, so I participate. So you wear you? green. Yeah. I, I do participate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's a trauma response because of our childhood. Because if you did not wear green growing up with us, what did you get? B- buddy, you'd get, you'd get a butt whooping if you pinch me. <laughs> March the 20th brings about the March equinox. You know, I, and I say that, and people are like, Adam, you wouldn't kick nobody's butt in grade school. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, you have to understand where I am from. You have to understand where I'm from. I'm from Beaver. The holler, okay? We don't mess around in the holler, folks. I might be short-statured, but don't mess with me. You don't want to see the holler come out in me. Oh, my And a good way to see that is to pinch me on St. Patty's Day. March the 20th brings the March equinox, also called the vernal or spring equinox in the northern hemisphere, making the beginning of spring. First day of spring would be considered March the 20th. Okay. Spring. I love spring. March the 22nd marks the start of the Ramadan, which begins at sundown on that day. Uh, March the 29th through the 31st are known as the borrowing days. According to lore, the last three days of March have a reputation of being stormy. Oh. Speaking of stormy, I reckon, I've heard this through the grapevine, that we are supposed to have winds tomorrow at around 85 miles per hour. Huh? My fence is trying to break on the unit. Well, my roof's going to be gone. If my fence blows away after just getting that put up. <laughs> be like, buddy, I ain't got another arm or leg to cut off to pay you to fix it. Philip, <laughs> Philip at Kentucky Farm Bureau. Philip at Kentucky Farm Bureau will be very upset. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of fun days to celebrate in March. As a matter of fact, the whole month of March is considered National Umbrella Month. Okay. I don't think I own an umbrella. Yes, you do. You have one of mine. <laughs> That's not mine. <laughs> it's yours. But you have it. I still need in to possession. get one. So, so you can celebrate Umbrella Month by going out and buying an umbrella, using an umbrella. Yeah. Probably Standing under an umbrella. Yes. Probably because a lot of rain happens during the month of March. But a lot of things happening this month that is considered fun. March the 3rd, it's called What If Cats and Dogs Had Opposable Thumb Days. What? March the 11th. That's tomorrow, so get ready. March the 11th is International Fanny Pack Day. Hey, that's my day. Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Rock this day uh-huh. back in the 90s. Knick-knack, paddywhack, in a fanny pack. March the 13th is National Earmuff Day. March the 16th is National Panda Day. March the 16th is also Absolutely Incredible Kid Day. Wow. March the 23rd is World Meteorological Day. And March the 31st is World Backup Day. Well, wow. If you are somebody that backs up in a parking <laughs> spot, just... Try to change that habit. I don't like you. I don't understand you. I, I won't go as far as saying I don't like I you. I don't. I just don't understand you. Mm-mm. I do not understand people who park, who who back up in parking spaces because it, it's unproductive. It's an inconvenience for everyone. And it causes more work. Aggravation than it does just pull in. Than just pulling in. Just go right in. I think people just like that straight shot out. Well, you know what? But <laughs> just to, pull in. But to... But to go through all of that just to back in a space, uh-huh. I don't I don't get it. I don't either. I, there was a woman that used to go to my church and she always she always would back in. Yeah. And my dad called her backup jean. Oh gosh. <laughs> The March birth flower is the daffodil. The March birthstone is the 
aquamarine. This gem is a type of beryl. Its color can be pale to dark blue, greenish blue, or blue-green deep. Intense blue versions are more valuable. Uh, the marked zodiac signs are Pisces, February 20th to March 20th, and Aries for March 21st to April the 20th. Look at there. Uh, some fun facts for March. Every year, March and June finish on the same day of the week. Oh. March is the time of year when animals start to wake up from hibernation. Yeah, I know all about that. Yes. So it is that time, folks, that snakes, those little sneaky snakes, are starting to wake up. Yeah. They're starting to crawl around. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Mm-hmm. I know snakes are good for the environment. They're just not good for Adam Banks's life. They're not good for my heart. I don't. I... I turn pale white when I see them. Yeah. And Wade, I know you're listening on the show and you're just chomping at the bit to say something about how great snakes are for the environment. But it doesn't change the fact that they scare the absolute daylights out of me. Uh The devil chose to be one thing (laughs) in this world when he was in the Garden of Eden. And guess what it was? Snake. It was a serpent, which is a snake, essentially. Uh Oh, and you know the whole reason why snakes crawl instead of walk around on legs, right? Well, didn't God take their legs away from them? Yes, God cursed him as punishment for pretty much tempting Eve to bring sin on the earth. Yeah. So that's why snakes even crawl around. So it has a biblical mm. genesis to it. Ooh. Those sneaky, sneaky little snakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world's first telephone was patented on the 7th of March, 1876, by Alexander Graham Bell. Monopoly was invented in 1933. Hey. A groundbreaking game. Yes. When was the last time you played Monopoly? I'm thinking I might play it tonight. The Girl Scouts were founded by Juliet Gordon Lowe in March. It was officially founded on March the 12th, 1912. And for better or worse, ladies and gentlemen, Coca-Cola was invented <laughs> in the month of March. One of the most... Well, I think, personally, the tastiest drink out there. I agree. So, the soda pop Coca-Cola was invented in March. A big month. Mm-hmm. A nice month. A nice month. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. Stick with us. We will be right back after these words. everybody to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. It's a great episode because we have yet again another special guest on the show. We have Dr. Melissa Carver joining us. Dr. Melissa Carver has developed in-depth steps to the manifestation process. Uh, This program has helped thousands of students and clients nationwide in redesigning how to think instead of what to think. Happiness, fulfillment, and abundance are within reach once we decode the blockage holding us back. Her studies started with an enthusiasm for psychology, early college years, including nursing, quitting college, and returning to complete a Ph.D. in philosophy. She has a desire to specialize in metaphysics and mental health. To compare the circle of mind, body, and spirit... 
She is also a graduate of the Chopra University. Dr. Melissa Carver, ladies and gentlemen, will be joining us after we take Off the Cuff's Song of the Week break. So, ladies and gentlemen, why don't you sit back, relax, enjoy this beautiful weather, and we will listen to Off the Cuff's Song of the Week break, Scat Bros Walk the Night, and after the song, we've got Dr. Melissa Carver in studio. Stick with us. We will be right back after the song. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Off the Cuff with Adam Banks. I am happy now to be joined, ladies and gentlemen, by Dr. Melissa Carver, who is a doctor of philosophy, teacher, speaker, and author. Dr. Carver, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. It's good to see you again. It's very good to see you again. We were sitting here trying to uh, figure out when was the last time that you and I actually seen each other i don't know i'm really bad with time and years and dates um i think that's probably a good thing for the most part but i'm not really sure i know we were on abc abc 36 (laughs) and i see you still go over there make a few appearances i do i go at least once a month i've been going on i think for eight years now yes i love it it makes me so happy i love the whole crew that works there what do you like better do you like doing tv appearances radio appearances or it just doesn't matter well i'm kind of new to radio you're only my second radio um, interview so I've done a lot of podcasts yeah. but as far as FM radio yeah you're only What's my the biggest one. what's the biggest difference you think uh, I don't know really it's all kind of the same to me because uh-huh. everything's conversational for uh-huh. me so it just flows I don't know that there is a difference other than the headphones uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Right you finally get to see what it's like to have headphones on because let me tell you something in TV you don't put in a head and you don't put in an earpiece, do you? I do not, no. Okay, because I have one in, and the whole time they're talking, and it, you talk about distracting. Oh, yeah, I would say that would be very distracting. The voice from, from behind. But, yes, uh, if you had to put a label on your job title, just because you do so much. I do. And if you just had to call yourself one thing, what would it be? Mindset Practitioner. I love that. A mindset practitioner. And you recently have written a book. It's called Who in the Hell Cares? No. No. Who? What the hell? <laughs> Something it's about hell. Who the hell told you that? <laughs> Talk about your book. Well, it's all about deprogramming, getting rid of indoctrinated thoughts. We all have them. I was someone who thought, I've always been a rebel. I've always gone against the grain, right? I'm not programmed. But then I realized, oh, shit, I'm programmed, too. Oh, can I say that? No, you can't say that. It's, it's fine. I'll have a bleep button for you. <laughs> That's the difference in podcasting. you got to treat it a little like TV. Right. So I realized I, too, am programmed. Everyone is in some way, whether it's come from parents, peers, ourselves, how we have viewed the world and then digested that and how we're going to approach life based on that. Mm-hmm. So it's all about getting rid of those negative programming thoughts, and unlearning to relearn. Unlearning to relearn. Now, if, if that sounds a lot harder than than what it sounds it like. It can be hard. How, how do you do that? Where do you even start to changing your thoughts? If you are so used to thinking one way, how do you go about changing your thought process? Exactly. That's why it can be very hard because you've only lived your life 
and you only have your views and perspectives. So that's why it's great to come to someone like myself or someone else that can help you navigate through that and give you different perspectives. I love that. Now, you help all kinds of people. You do it both virtually and in person. So if you do do it in person, do you have a practice set up here in Lexington that people physically come to to see you, or do you go to them? No, the only in person they can come to are events. Um, I see all private clients one-on-one virtually because my clients are all over the U.S., all over the U.S. So you can, and that's through Zoom? It is, yes. Through Zoom. Okay, great. So you also are a keynote speaker. What are some of the things that you talk about when you are asked to speak at events? Does that vary? It does vary. It depends on the audience. You know, what are we talking about? Who are we talking to? Um, what is the goal here? Is it healing? Is it more abundance? And if it is abundance, in what way? Is that financial? Is it more love? You know, what all is going on with this group? What are we here for? So you do guide others in healing and manifesting more positive outcomes for people in their lives. So what does that process look like? Well, again, it goes back to unlearning and relearning. It always starts there, right? You have to get rid of those thoughts that are holding you back. What do you think is holding you back the most. And then we navigate through that starting from there. Now, I read your bio, and like I said, you do a lot. You're a, you're an author. You're a keynote speaker. You also are Chopra certified, yes. I read. Are you familiar with Deepak Chopra? Well, that's what I was going to ask. I, I read that, but I don't know what that is. Can you explain to me and the audience what that is? Well, Deepak Chopra is a man, and you have probably seen him on things and just don't remember. He's East Indian. He's been around for many, many years um, all over various TV shows, radio shows, um, CNN. Um, He's just literally Oprah. He's been on everything. Him and Oprah actually do a 21-day meditation challenge that they have been doing for several years. Um, So he has an organization that teaches teachers. Mm -hmm. So we learn how to teach Ayurveda, meditation, and so forth. So I added that onto my PhD. So I do Ayurveda. I can teach meditation as well. I have. That's actually how I started was in a hospital teaching meditation. But I prefer to be talking more. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a talker. (laughs) I don't know where you get that from. (laughs) So you have a PhD. Where from? The University of Sedona. The University of Sedona. Is that in Arizona? It is. Okay. Not, Not the restaurant there on the... Uh, no, not Newtown Sedona. Pike. Although, although <laughs> not I do want to go there. I've heard that's really good. It's very Arizona style based. They, they kind of have the cactuses hanging on the wall and they try to make you feel like you're out in the West. Good food, though. Good tacos. Uh, so, but you got your PhD, but it, your journey of getting that PhD was not traditional. You uh, got your bachelor's through, through nursing. Well, I started... At UC in Cincinnati. Uh And I was a really young mom. So I had my oldest son uh, when I was 16 years old. So I got my GED. Nothing about anything I've ever done has been, I guess, traditional. Traditional. (laughs) I love that, though. So I got my GED. um, I moved into my first apartment at 17. And then I was going to UC. And I had always felt like I was going to live in Bria, Kentucky. I know you guys are going to think I'm crazy. But, like, call my mom. I promise this is true. (sighs) I used to cry as a little kid and say I was going to live in Bria, Kentucky when we passed the exit. (laughs) They have the best spoon bread down there. I know they thought I was crazy, right? Why why, Bria? I don't know. I still, honestly, to this day, I still... (laughs) 
<laughs> I still truly don't really understand it. Did that dream come um, true? Did you do you live in Berea now? I do. I okay. do. I was living in Cincinnati in my first apartment at seventeen, attending the University of Cincinnati with my little baby, and my neighbor cut his wife's head off with a kitchen knife. Whoa. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had grown up in an area that um was hostile to say the least. Um, yeah. my home and outside of my home, right? Yes. Like absolutely hostile environment. So I had moved to this other city thinking, oh, I'm moving my baby to a better place, right? And then that happened. And I was like, oh, no, this is a different type of crazy. (laughs) So I was like, Berea, Kentucky, let's go there. That's where I always said I was going to go. So I went to Berea College. (laughs) Is it everything that you imagined? Berea? Yes. I guess so, because my priorities, after living in the environment that I lived in and grew up in, my priorities was to give my children a backyard and Uh a safe environment. And I think Berea has fulfilled that. Absolutely. Okay, you got your GED, and then you went to college. Right. Studied what? Nursing. Nursing. Now, did you get your bachelor's in that? Well, no, but I decided that this wasn't for me Pretty early on. Yes. Um, obviously, I had gone to UC, too, and then at Berea. And I was driving at Berea. I was driving to school. I was a freshman, but I was allowed to have a car in Berea. You're not allowed to have a car as a freshman, but I was because I had a child. And I remember just turning my car around. I was like, this is not for me at all whatsoever. So there was a huge break uh-huh. in in my school there. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> and then you decide to take a huge academic leap and go after your PhD and you studied philosophy. Philosophy cuz I loved psychology yes. in high school. Um before I got my GED, I was actually studying at home uh-huh. and that's when I really really got into psychology. Okay. So I've taken one or two philosophy classes. So uh in that PhD program, how beyond can you go past philosophy one-on-one? What are some of the things that they really focus on in that program? Well, you know, everything is questioning life, questioning creator, uh-huh. questioning the universe, questioning everything yes. all the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I, mean, I love that you um, actually started the show earlier talking about the months mm-hmm. and where they came from mm-hmm. and who they were named after, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, that's even part of it. Wow. How did we get to where we are? Who are these gods? Who are these goddesses? Um, What are all these various beliefs? Who are we? Are we here? Are we not? Is time real? (laughs) The first question that was asked of me in Philosophy 101 was, how long is eternity? Right. That's what he asked me. And I said, forever or a a long time, a very long time. And that, that that was just the type of things that they would ask, or what does was mean? Right. Questioning everything. mm -hmm. And that goes back to that unlearning to relearn, right? Questioning yourself all the time. Why do I think this way? How did I get to this conclusion? Do other people think like me? Making it normal to make those questions conversational. Having doctor in front of your name, it definitely helps with your credibility. Do you feel like that what went into the decision to go and get your Ph.D. was to further you in your career? Or did you just want to study philosophy just for the mere morbid curiosity of it? Both, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I even think about the credibility or validation because that's something that has never really been on my mind. I think my authenticity is what 
makes me credible. Right. I think people can feel that, and I am very blunt and honest. And that's something that I do tell my clients, too, when we first start. Like, I'm going to be blunt and honest with you, and I want you to be the same. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And always, I told Amber this. I actually told a student this the other day. I said, there's a difference in being blunt and disrespectful. Absolutely. So, because a lot of people, they're very just rude and disrespectful, and they'll say, I'm sorry, I'm blunt. And I'm like, no, you're just disrespectful and rude right. and hateful and mean and grouchy. No. <laughs> so so there is a difference. So you basically tell people not what they want to hear, what they need to hear. Absolutely. Yes. I can't tell people what they want to hear. If I do, we're never going to get anywhere. Right. What's the point? Yeah. If you want to grow as a person, sometimes we have to hear those things we we don't want to hear. Right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we still have another segment to go. So stick with us. We've got Dr. Melissa Carver in studio. We will be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. We are joined by our special guest, Dr. Melissa Carver. We were having a great conversation in our last segment talking about everything that she does, but she also brought with her her husband, Leo Carver. Leo, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Now, how long have you and uh, Dr. Carver been married? Oh, you're going to put me on the spot. (laughs) Ah. 18 years. Okay, well, see, 18 years. Hey, that's good. 18 years. Hey, I'm impressed. I love asking this when I get to talk to couples married that long. What's the key to a successful marriage? Well, uh, like she mentioned already, authenticity, uh, being being, uh, honest with each other, communication. You know, some of the same things we all have heard, but, you know, you don't know it until you know it. You know, something else that we were talking about um, the other day, him and I are really good at giving each other our alone time. Yeah. That's essential. Absolutely. Uh, anybody who is, uh, you know, around their partner all of the time, mm-hmm. you got to have time to breathe. I mean, right. you have to have time to do your own thing. So when you guys go to a restaurant together, do you, if you sit, if you're sitting at a booth, do you sit beside of each other or no. do you sit in front of each other to in face each other? Facing each other, each other, yeah. Yes, and you do that because it's easier to talk. Yeah. And a lot of people feel like, no, well, we love each other. That's why we're sitting by each other. No, that's called insecurity. <laughs> but I want to see eyes also. I'm very big on eye contact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's great to have you here, too. And I, I wanted to bring him on the... the bring him on this segment because now I won't feel uncomfortable asking about this but you had you've had a colorful past uh, before you decided to get into this career that you're in you also worked in a strip club for 15 years I did mostly stripping uh, but can you can you talk about that what Absolutely. was that like let's talk about it okay. I love talking about that because <laughs> it's such a huge part of my life uh-huh. And I think there's so many misconceptions around it. Mm-hmm. Like what? Um, that everyone is a slut. Mm-hmm. That, right? Right. Like everyone that works there is a slut or a whore or something like super provocative or always promiscuous. And that's just not the case at all. No. So what is it like? What's the real perception that people should have of, of strippers? Um, everyone is there to work. Mm-hmm. Every single person. 
obviously. But we all have a different agenda and reason why we're in the building. But there are many of us that we have our shoulders and head held high and we're okay with being in there. We don't care what you think about us, right? Um, And we want to make something of ourselves. We came from backgrounds that were low income um, or we were thrown into this situation because something happened. You know, every story is different. For me, it was I wanted to pay for my school in cash. I wanted to own my own home. I bought my own home when I was 19. So I wanted to have that, like I said before, that backyard for my children was super important to me. I lived in an apartment growing up my whole life. So a backyard was like a big deal to me. It's super normal to a lot of people. Yeah, but it was a big deal. No, no, I understand that. I I love it too that any man that goes to a strip club, they always think that the stripper has a crush on them when the stripper is showing them attention. Yeah, that means she's doing her job well. <laughs> that that yeah. means she's doing. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's time to start busting bubbles. But why? <laughs> but why do they all? I don't understand. I'm not. I'm not asking this as a question. It's rhetorical. But I don't understand why that's always the case. I always know better if a stripper is being nice to me. I know. I know what she's wanting. Like I just handed her a bucks, so she probably liked that. A <laughs> hundred bucks these days is a steal. Not like I've been like me or anything. But uh, uh, Dr. Carver, you felic- you facilitate two major retreats in Kentucky every year. Uh, talk about the two retreats you got coming up here in 2023. Well, we have a new one this year that I'm super excited about. It's in April um, at Natural Bridge. So we've never done a retreat at Natural Bridge, and they are excited to have us, which makes me more excited, Yeah, right? Um, and we also are going to get access to a cave that is closed to the public Ooh. because there are endangered bats living in there. So the naturalist, her name is Samantha, she is going to provide all of us with our hard hats and the flashlights and guide us in. Mm -hmm. And then there's a big open area where we're going to meditate, and then she's going to guide us back out. And I'm so excited. That is is very (laughs) exciting. And and the other one is when? The other one is always the last weekend of July. That one's a three-day. The meditation is a two-day, and that's always held at Shaker Village. Okay. And what kind of things happen at the retreats well the rejuvenation retreat has a lot going on they're different every year because we have a lot of people that continue to come back so we want to make them unique for them too um we go hiking we do qigong with horses like horse grooming with qigong and we have different speakers different activities going on so all three days are pretty packed of all sorts of fun things to grow and learn and tap in and tap out right like Tapping into yourself and detaching from all your responsibilities at home. Also, something very exciting that you have in the works is a Roku show that is coming up for you. Can you talk a we little do. bit about that? We do. You're the first person to announce that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we do. I'm not sure when it's going to air because it takes a lot of work and a lot of filming. Mm-hmm. But we have several shows now under our belt, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're pretty excited about that. So it's going to be Leo and I, and it's called Free Your Mind, and it's a docu-series. Excellent. And I love it because it's streaming. More eyeballs are on streaming Mm -hmm. versus cable. Right. Oh, yeah. Back in the day, it was a big thing to get a show on NBC, but now getting a show on Roku just seems to be like the new thing that you need to get if you want people to see it because people aren't watching TV anymore. 
But Dr. Carver, I want to thank you so much for joining us. And we're running out of time. I could talk to you for uh, even longer. But tell the people where they can connect with you for more information. It's uh, drmelissacarver.com or on all social media. All right. Well, I want to thank uh, Dr. Melissa Carver for coming in the studio. I also want to thank her husband, Leo, for joining us as well. The best of luck to both of you all on the Roku show. Thank you. You're going to come on? Can I? Yeah. 100%. All right. I will be there. You do not know what you just done. (laughs) You fed my ego. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank uh, Dr. Melissa Carver to be for being a guest on Off the Cuff with Adam Banks. You can follow Off the Cuff with Adam Banks on social media uh, at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks. You can follow me, the host, on social media at The Adam Banks. We release new episodes every Thursday from 4 to 5 right here on WLXU 93.9 FM, which means we will be back next week, same time, same place. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks to Amber Turner. Thanks to my two guests, Dr. Carver and her husband, Leo. I'm Adam Banks. This is Off the Cuff. We'll catch you down the road. Come on, Ginger.